0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: Living a life that is spiritually pleasing to God is not difficult. God supplies all that we need to walk in faith. He has revealed that He is a God that one can trust. He is sovereign, which means what God says He will do He is able to carry it out. All we need to do is believe him. And God has given many examples in Israel's history why he is worthy to be believed. So ask yourself a question. Are you trusting God with your life? Are you implementing his word into your situations so that God can manifest his faithfulness to you? Well, with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 78. The book of Psalms and Psalm 78. We began this psalm last week and God shows that he is a good God, that he is a loving God, that he is faithful to his covenant people. But despite God's faithfulness, the children of Israel, has not responded to him with love, with trust, with showing their dependence upon him. In other words, when we do not show our trust and dependence upon God, it is doubting him. It is insulting towards him. And what we're going to see for the most part today in this second part of chapter 78 of the book of Psalms is God's displeasure and God's punishment within these verses of judgment and punishment there are a few verses that speak of God's grace his mercy and his faithfulness to his covenant not to utterly destroy his people so with that said take out your Bible and look with me as I said to Psalm 78 And we're going to begin in verse 23. Psalm 78, beginning with verse 23. And notice what he says. And he commanded the heavens or the skies up above. Now, when we think of skies, we oftentimes think of clouds and where rain comes from. And that is the right understanding of this verse. Look again. And he commanded, this is God. The skies from up above and the doors of heaven he opened. So we see something. The skies are obedient to God and what did they produce? Blessing. There's a message for us. When we are obedient to God, we can expect God to move in a way that blesses his people. And furthermore, in the next verse, notice what it says. And he rained upon them. And we find that word man, which is manna in English, that, that unique food that God supplied the people in the desert. He, he supplied them, raining down manna for them to eat. And it says, Dagan, now Dagan is grain, but it's what's needed for bread. And this word relates to the sustenance of life so he gave manna and also grain from the heavens unto them so god is faithful he looked not only on their needs but also as we'll see in a moment on their desires and he was was plentiful he was generous to them then it says verse 25 it speaks about that bread that bread and we have a very interesting word now this word means someone of great respect usually someone who is a servant of a king a trusted servant one that is very loyal and here most scholars believe that we're talking about angels mighty faithful devoted angels and it says man ate the bread the sustenance of these angels God gave that to us what was normally reserved for the angels he gave to us and the provision he sent to them unto satisfaction so God gives he gives abundantly he gives that which is good and he gives to the degree that satisfies his people now all of this is to show God's faithfulness His goodness and his nature God loves to bless his Covenant people and God's faithfulness should produce in you and me faithfulness in a response that we should demonstrate our faithfulness before him look at verse 26 it says here the East and it's referring to an Eastern wind from the heavens what happens He causes to go. Now, this is a word to make travel. So he sets that wind from the east out of the heavens in motion. And then he says he leads with his power, the south wind. So we have two winds, one from the east and one's from the south. And all it's saying is it's a reference to him being sovereign. God controls the wind he brings what he wants he is able to perform his desire verse 27 and he rains upon them and here it's a reference we've talked about the manna, and now we're talking about the quail that he gave when the people didn't want any more manna but they wanted meat and therefore it says here and he rained upon them as the dust And then we have a word relating to flesh or meat. As the sand of the sea, it speaks about these winged birds. So these birds that flew in, birds that have, of course, wings to fly with. He brought them to the people. And it says, look at the next verse. And he caused to fall. So he brought these birds and caused them to fall in the midst of his camp meaning the camp of Israel all around their dwelling places so God just didn't give but he made it convenient he loves to bless and therefore his blessings receiving them is not difficult all we need to do is speak to him we request but we should request in a spirit of obedience In a a prayer of thanksgiving, with a desire to draw closer to him. When we approach God in these ways, God is going to respond. Verse 29, they ate and they were very or exceedingly satisfied. And their desire, meaning what they wanted, he brought to them. All of this is to say and teach what type of God we have, their desires, what they wanted. He gave to them. He brought to them and made it accessible to them. That is our God. And then look at verse 30. Now, verse 30 is a difficult verse to understand because it uses a word which means far away something that has been scattered something that has been been moved but here it says here it begins with a negative so not far away their desire and this is what it means if you keep reading it says while still their food was in their mouths meaning this this desire that god met that he satisfied while the food was still in their mouth there was a change they desired something else so it speaks about how there's an inconsistency of man when we walk and live according to our desires our desires can change abruptly we think we want this we receive it and we're on to something else that we desire so the message is this don't be ruled by your desires but rather submit to god and and expect his provision meaning this expect what is good is what god provides don't be led away by desires because those desires are rooted in the flesh and that is the battlefield of the enemy so if we're going to be governed and ruled over by our desires we're going to be displeasing to god god meets a desire and no sooner does do we receive that we are on to something else that we want that's what verse 30 is saying and because of that inconsistency because we're ruled by our desires rather than by obedience to the instructions of god what's going to happen verse 31 the anger of god went up against them and he killed, and notice this next word, their fat ones, and this is a word, yes, it's related to those who are abundant. Now, I translated fat ones because that's the simple meaning, but it can mean those that are the most, most able, those who were the most strength, uh, vigor, or strong ones. And we have that supported in Hebrew parallelism When we look at the next verse, and the strong ones, and this is a young individual that's strong, the strong ones or the young ones of Israel, he subdued. So the various ones who were strong, young, powerful, fertile, had vigor, all those God was able to to bring down. He was able to kill and subdue, subdue them. But nevertheless look at the next verse nevertheless they sinned all the more and they did not believe in his wonders meaning this God was faithful to do signs and wonders in their midst but these signs and wonders God meeting the expectation of the people God fulfilling providing that which fulfills their desires All of this did not produce faithfulness it did not bring about a God-pleasing change in their life why because all of these things were fleshly things they wanted what they wanted because it was pleasing to not their spirit not their soul but to their fleshly desires and in the end God manifested by giving them these things that it did not produce that which is good that which is holy that which is in line with the purposes of God so they did not believe because of his wonders verse 33 says that he brought to an end he consumed their vanity of their days now when we live in that way in a way that says I'm going to be ruled over by my desires my wants How I feel, what happens? Our days are going to be days of vanity. That word, hevel, can mean something of no lasting significance, something that is futile of no spiritual value. And it says, their futile days, that's what it means. Their vain existence he's going to consume. And their years, their years of what? Their years of in fear meaning this they're not going to know peace they're not going to know that that contentment they're not going to have that assurance they are going to be living in fear and that word fear here is related to our english word for paranoia they're always going to feel that that there's something out there that's threatening they're going to be living in stress anxiety feeling the pressures of life they will not know the goodness and the peace of the Lord verse verse 35 verse 34 excuse me it says but if and this is the implication when he slays them when he kills them what happens when they experience this judgment this displeasure from God what happens they will seek him they will repent and notice this they will repent and this word that follows it up is related to morning and it's a word of emphasis and also a word of commitment it's the word for seeking god early first thing in the morning giving god priority so they will repent and they will seek god and seek him with an emphasis with a commitment now verse 35 where it says and they believed for god was their rock so they believed that god was their rock and the most high god their redeemer now notice it was god's punishment his judgment his anger that he placed upon them that produced a change it caused them to be driven back to A a remembering of the covenant. And the covenant contains promises and blessings, but also the covenant outlines one's responsibilities to another. What the expectations are so those promises and blessings can become a reality. Now look at verse 35 again, where it says, and speaking about, about God, they remembered that God was their rock. Now, that word rock is the same word that's frequently used in regard to the rock of our salvation, which is a reference to Messiah. And what is the work of Messiah? Redeeming, and that's why it says here, and the Most High God, their Redeemer. And this speaks about the divinity of their Redeemer, and that is Messiah. Verse 36. And they were seducing in their mouths now when you look at the rabbinical commentary and this word for for seducing what it means is to speak or behave in a way that that is an attempt to manipulate someone else to seduce them entice them to get what you want them to do for them to behave in a way according to your desires rather than their desires now it's interesting I mentioned when you look at some of the rabbinical commentators they point out that this refers to their empty prayers. They prayed to God but their prayers were meaningless. They lacked substance. They lacked sincerity. So look again verse, verse 36 and, and their empty prayers towards him were in their mouth and in their, their tongues. They spoke lies to him. They lied to him. So even though they were trying to get God to do what they wanted, they weren't sincere. They saw themselves as the ones who knew what was best for them. And they were lying, meaning they were behaving in that which is false. When we think we know better than God, we've been deceived. We're not walking in truth. We have to affirm that God is forever wise. He is omniscient. He knows all things. So why would we try to manipulate God into doing what we want? Again, such a behavior is insulting. Such an attempt to manipulate God is is based in a mindset that has no honor or glory for God. Verse 37. This is why they behaved in this way, it says. And their heart was not established with him. So they were not living with him within that parameters of the covenant. Their heart was not established with him and they did not believe in his covenant. Meaning this, they weren't seeking covenantal promises when you are faithful to the covenant it's because you want the promises of God you want the blessings of God what were they doing they weren't pursuing the promises of God they had their own desires they had their own wish list that they wanted God to fulfill and again this is not faithfulness this is not walking under the authority of god this is not anything to do with faith and truth and submissiveness and what is that going to bring about such a mindset causes us to live an empty and a futile life look at verse 38 now i mentioned to you at times within this this second part of psalm 78 and by the way we're going to break it up into three parts there's an additional part next week but but in this second part we see at times god giving hope god speaking about his mercy his grace his forgiveness god although he would be right to utterly destroy the people he leaves a remnant look at this verse and this verse is spoken of not just here, but, but other places in the Scripture, where it says, Avon, Chamato," which means, and He is merciful, and He atones for iniquity, and He does not destroy but frequently he turns away his anger and he does not raise up doesn't stir up all of his hot anger so god restrains himself from what is really required and the way that he does that is by issuing forth grace verse 39 he remembers notice what it says he remembers that that they are but flesh and and a spirit that goes and doesn't return meaning this without redemption they have no eternity now does a soul last forever it does but it doesn't return to life that soul that is not redeemed experiences eternal death that is eternal torment eternal separation from god there is a consciousness of the soul for those who are not redeemed and that consciousness of the soul that's not redeemed is tragic it is one of eternal sorrow and suffering and fear these three things so he says without god his redemption this is what they're going to experience they're going to go and they're not going to return meaning they're not going to have a different existence verse verse 40. How much did they rebel against him in the wilderness and how they annoyed him in, and it's a different word for wilderness, a dry, empty wilderness. So they rebelled and they annoyed God in that wilderness. And why was that? Notice what it says, verse 41. And they returned, and this means they kept returning. They kept behaving in the same way, and they wanted to test God, try God. And, and the Holy One of Israel, what were they looking for? Signs and wonders. Well, here's the problem, and the right way to understand this God, throughout, Those 40 years in the wilderness did numerous signs and wonders. Every day, manna fought, fell from the heavens. God gave them water supernaturally. He defeated their enemies. They saw signs and wonders. So, what does this verse speak of? Look again, verse 41, the second part. The Holy One of Israel, meaning God who had a purpose holiness is seen in a righteous purpose he had a purpose but they wanted signs and wonders they were seeking that according to their definitions according to what they wanted god to do miraculously they weren't looking at god's supernatural faithfulness for his purposes they wanted signs and wonders for their own purpose verse 42 They did not remember his hand. What does that mean? They did not remember that he is the authority. Now, one of the wisest things that you and I can do in every circumstance, in every situation that we find ourselves in, live in a way that demonstrates your recognition of his authority over you. Demonstrate his authority daily. In everything that you encounter, that's what faithfulness is. And that's an invitation to God to get active and involved in your life. But they did not remember his hand, his authority. And the day which he redeemed them from their enemy, they didn't remember God's faithfulness, his help, his deliverance, his salvation, that God did for them. They forgot that. And why did they forget that? Well, here's the principle. When you forget and are not motivated by the kingdom promises, when you're not pursuing the blessings of God, you are going to become forgetful. And you're not going to see things from his perspective. You're going to be deceived and start seeing things from the enemy's perspective. And he's going to lead you where he wants you to be in a position of weakness, weakness, in a position where you're vulnerable against his attacks. Verse 43, that he set in Egypt signs. So God, in calling the people, both Jew and Gentile, both those of the Hebrews and those of the Egyptians and others who were there, it says that he placed there in Egypt his signs. Now, the word here for sign means something that only God can do. And you might remember when you study the book of Exodus, we see the Hartumim, those those wise men, the sorcerer, sorcerer, those who did sorcery among the Egyptians. They initially did similar things, but after a while they couldn't do it. Their weakness their limitation was exposed but god who is without limitation he manifested how he was greater so look at what it says here he sent in egypt signs and this word for sign means that which only god can do and his wonders in the field of so on now if you look again at the rabbinical commentators this field of tzohan means in the center of Egypt, in the most most uh, prevalent place, in the place where people all could see. God revealed himself. He showed his signs and his wonders. And what were some of the things he did? Look at verse 44. He turned to blood their rivers and their liquids he made unable for them to drink so god destroyed their liquid so that they would not have a source of life and he sent among them and this is a word arov which is a mixture of wild animals that that devoured them and the frog that destroyed them so speaking about these plagues that god did that the the enemy could not do these these sorcerers they couldn't do it the wise men of egypt god did verse 46 not just in egypt but other places god showed himself faithful and it says here look if you would to verse 46 at least in the hebrew text where it says and he gave to and your bible may say caterpillar it is a type of locust. so he gave to one type of locust their yield the produce of their fields and their work he gave to the arbe, which is another type of locust meaning this what they labored for was loss they did not enjoy they did not receive the labor the outcome of their labor and their work they suffered loss and the message is this If you're not submissive to god if you're not trusting in him if you're not faithful to him you are going to see that which you labored for evaporate it's not going to sustain you it is not going to satisfy you it is not going to produce the desired outcome that you thought it was going to produce look now to verse 47. he killed with hail their vine and their their tree and this could be a fig tree or a sycamore tree he he also rendered fruitless because of a strong frost so god can use a variety of things to bring about loss and this is simply a curse when we're not faithful we're not pursuing the things of god we're going to suffer loss. Instead of blessing, there's going to be a curse. Verse 49, and he delivered over to uh, hell their livestock, their animals, and their flock to a fiery lightning. And again, that which was wealth. Now, when we talk about livestock and flock, yes it's meat yes there's other things like wool that comes but basically in the ancient time flock and livestock re- reflected the wealth so god destroyed the wealth of the people and it says in this second part look now to verse 49 he sent among them his his fierce anger and his wrath and another word for wrath and trouble so God because of their disobedience because of their lack of faithfulness because they did not trust and depend upon him because they were not pursuing the promises of God what happened God delivered them over he sent among them his fierce wrath his his anger another word for wrath and trouble and they were the recipient of, and this is a word for a delegation, individuals that are sent with a purpose, a delegation of evil angels. What is that maybe referring to? Demonic influence. And now let's look at our last verse, verse 50 where it says, and he leveled the way. Now this word way is a word not derech, which is the normal word for way but it's native in in Hebrew today if we're speaking about driving a car you have your lane and this is that same word so it's a lane it's a a way of traveling the place of traveling it says he levels this this lane this road for his wrath and then it says and he will not withhold he doesn't uh, hold back from from death their soul so god is a god of life and death if you're faithful to the covenant you experience life and blessing if you're not you experience curse and death this is what he's saying he did not (coughs) withhold death from their souls and their life and this is their sustenance their life he delivered over to the pestilence so god is a god that is serious when we do not walk with him trusting him showing our dependence upon him believing that god is able not being interested in his purposes is going to bring about what we saw in the second part of psalm 78 and that's judgment god moving against yes god is gracious he leaves that remnant he doesn't destroy totally his people but there's a lot of suffering there's a great deal of loss and misfortune and there are those that are cut off eternally from the hope yes there's a remnant and that remnant is preserved and their offspring for that final redemption but for those who do not do not respond in accordance with faith that do not depend and recognize their dependence upon him and that recognition of dependence produces trust for those who do not they're going to be eternally lost well a very sobering psalm and we'll continue next week with part three of psalm 78 until then May God work mightily in your life to bring you to recognize his authority. And by surrendering to him, he will move you into a place of his provision, his blessing, where you can take hold of the promises of God. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others.